Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. And this All Saints Sunday, we remember those who've gone before us, those uh, who have passed, uh, who have gone into uh, the glory of God, into his presence to be uh, in peace. Uh, what an incredible gift that is. What an incredible promise that is for all. What an incredible uh, thing to remember and ponder as we live here now with purpose, with, object, with an object, with a plan. Well, maybe not a plan. God's got a plan, but sometimes we in ourselves are wondering, God, what do you have for us next? How do I know when to go to the next thing or to encounter or take up the next thing. Sometimes that happens uh, maybe as you're transitioning from working life to retirement. And your life has been consumed uh, with work, which is a good thing, and now it's going to look a little bit different. How do I know what to take up? How do I know when to transition into this next thing? It happens certainly uh, a lot of times in high school as you're starting to go from the idea that school has been structured for you, right? I got to get to, got to get to my a diploma from high school and then am I going to go in vocational training? Am I going to go to college? Am I going to go work in the Peace Corps? What, what in the world am I going to do? Sometimes it happens, right, when you meet someone and you're in relationship with someone, you're going, God, what do you have planned for me in terms of relationships and, and marriage or staying single? Because I know 1 Corinthians 7 says it's blessed to be single too, but I don't know if you, I've been given that gift. So how do I know there's all these questions that start to come up? Should I stay in the job I'm in? Should I stay in the neighborhood I'm in? God, are you calling us to move into this house in this neighborhood? And that one's always fascinating because you look at bedrooms, bathrooms. Everybody always forgets the most expensive things like air conditioners and roofs. And if you have a new air conditioner and new roof, you really don't get any more money for your house. You just paid a lot more money, right? But none of that actually has to do with the people that are around you. That one always fascinates me about myself because it's part of the American real estate business, right? Just... I like the house. Well, what about the neighborhood? What about the neighbors? Have you met them? Talked to them? Do you know if they throw parties at 2 o'clock in the morning and you want to sleep? Right? How do I know, God, if you're calling me to the next thing? How do I start to discern and decipher that? And I think this is a question that's important for us to start teaching our little ones to have wisdom and to ask the right questions. And it's certainly something that's true even for us late. Uh, late in our life about leaving a legacy. You know, do you have a will? Have you written it? Is it actually signed? This would be an important thing, right? So today we finish up our series, Ask Me Anything. And the question that's before us is, uh, how can I know what the next thing is? Or how do I decipher that? And so today what I want to do is use a scripture to give us some framework around that. Number one. Number two, I want to remind you that back in the narthex at home point are post-it notes. And uh, we desire to hear from you 
a question that you have about scripture, about life, on anything. So uh, you can feel free, you can get up and walk out of the message. Not going to offend me one bit. And I hope that you go write a question so we can answer those uh, on video uh, later this week. So uh, to the question at hand. I was thinking about how do we in our culture come to the decision to do something new? For some people, they turn to their comic books, right? Uh, One of the wisest, wisest comic book characters is Spider-Man, right? Spider-Man has this really fascinating and uh, brilliant gift. It's called Spidey Sense. Have you heard of Spidey Sense? Right? It's just this, this intuition, this feeling of knowing that danger is lurking, right? And actually, you as a human being have this thing. It's called fight, flight, or freeze, right? It, very similar, right? You can start to sense that danger is coming, and so you fight, flight, or freeze. And you start to react. Spider-Man, of course, is the best at it, right? So how do you know what to do next? Well, sometimes you just what? You sense it without any conscious thinking about it. Or sometimes we say it this way, trust your intuition, right? Trust your intuition. No cognitive real thought. You just kind of have this feeling or this, your, your experiences in the past kind of lead you, right, towards a decision. Spidey sense, intuition. I, I was trying to find another one. I just saw it the other day. It was on Twitter. Someone was talking and they're like, you can't trust facts. You can't trust people because they'll just tell you whatever you want to hear or the total opposite. So uh, only person you can trust is who? You. And you start to think about spidey sense and you start to think about uh, trust your intuition and you think about just trust me. Are any of those completely satisfying? Can you, can you think of times that you've had experiences in each one of those and it went well? I can think of some. I can also think of plenty that I may have used those kind of insights that did not go well one bit. And they kind of blew up in my face. Am I on an island alone or you've been there too? Yeah? And sometimes in decision making, I don't pretend that what we're going to lay out here today based on some scripture is going to answer all of those questions. It's not going to answer every single situation, but hopefully it provides us a framework and a culture that tells us you can't trust facts. Uh, You uh, should just trust your emotion. Uh, You should listen to what other people say. No, you shouldn't listen to what anybody says, right? We're all over the map about how we make decisions. Would you agree? And so as God's people today... I think it's a beautiful day and kind of a God-given day that today is All Saints Sunday. That we get to remember how our loved ones who died confessing the faith that Jesus is Savior and the resurrected Lord, how did they go about making decisions? What about Abraham who was called out of a land, totally changed his life? What about Moses? Right? What about the widow at Zarephath? What about these people who've gone before us? They too were human just like you and I. Nothing special, nothing unique about them really, other than God chose to use them just as God has chosen you and has chosen to use you. 
So today, here's a, a couple of frameworks. If you are a note taker, this would be the time you want to take out uh, your bulletin or take out a pen and paper. And uh, we're going to look at s- several different scripture passages and s- several different ideas of how do I know when to make the next move. So the first thing is this, is to draw this difference of God-awareness and self-awareness. God-awareness is something that's focused on God's word. You're in tune to what God uh, says in his scriptures. You're in tune to what the body of believers is saying. You're in tune to his Holy Spirit. And self-awareness is having enough sense of self that you can be self-critical, right? You can recognize what you need. You can sense how your body is telling you how you're feeling. You know your body physiologically will tell you how you're feeling before your mind ever does. And once you can start to learn that, you can start to avoid a lot of, please forgive me, I'm sorry's. Because you avoid them. Because your body starts to respond. You go, oh, I'm incredibly anxious. I have no idea why. I should probably take a deep breath, calm down, and not react and blow up at my wife, spouse, kids, or coworkers, right? It's amazing. So God awareness and self-awareness, and many times they cross and come together. I was thinking about this. In Acts chapter 16, Paul, on one of his missionary journeys, had one of these experiences of God awareness. He's so in tune, spending time with God, that he can hear his spirit clearly. This is John chapter 16. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, and having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak a word in Asia, And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man from Macedonia came standing there, urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So he's in tune enough to the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit says, no, you're not going over there. He's in tune to the Holy Spirit so much that God chooses to send him a vision and a dream and says, go help this city, Macedonia. So what does it take to be in tune, for lack of a better word, or be ready to receive what God is speaking to us? Because God still speaks. He still has given you the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? When you were baptized, washed clean, forgiven, regenerated by God, he also gave you this incredible gift, the Spirit of Jesus. And that Spirit of Jesus dwells in believers, and the question is, am I listening? Am I even open to what he's saying? God certainly speaks through the power of his Holy Spirit, and he always is speaking through his word. So I'd say this first thing, am I tuning in just like the old, you know, radios when we used to have to, like, turn the dial? Remember that? Right? Are we tuning in to the gift that God's given to us, the Holy Spirit? Sometimes when we make decisions, we have, we're so emotional, Right? Ask any realtor. Let's go back to house buying. You know how people buy houses? It's an emotional buy. What? The most expensive thing you're ever going to invest in for the majority of Americans is an emotional buy? That's crazy. And I'll just excuse me, parents. That's stupid. I'm just, 
That's un. Well, let me use. That is unwise, right? We can, we can see that when we're not in the moment, but when we're in the moment, like, woo! It's like when you're dating, oh, she's so cute, I love her, oh, blah, blah, blah. Stop, right? I'm not saying emotion's bad, emotion's good. It is good, but you gotta also be wise, right? So, when we're asking this question, what do I need to do next? Is in one sense, at some point, you need to take out the emotion. And the book of Psalms is a great one. And we, we spent our whole summer in the Psalms, right? And we looked at songs of lament. And we looked at psalms of thanksgiving. And we can turn to God and say, God, here's my emotion. Here it is. Whether it's excitement and exhilaration or whether it's despair. And lay it at the foot of the cross and the power of the empty tomb. And say, God, you take it. Okay? It's going to place that burden or that gift on you. And now... Let's go through this with some wisdom. Right? Proverbs chapter 1. Love this, this verse. One, Proverbs 1, seven. So we need to take the emotion out. And we need to look. Number two, you need to look for wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fools despise wisdom that is the word of God, because Jesus is true wisdom, and they despise instruction. So am I willing to learn? Do I have a humble spirit to hear? Or do I think I know everything? Okay. So number one, God sense, self sense. Take, uh, uh, take the emotion out of it for a while. Look to God for wisdom. Next point, seek the Lord's will. Notice the difference there? Not seek my will. Remember we said one of the issues with our culture is it's what I want or, or what I think's best. Well, I'll tell you, my heart's kind of curved in on itself. And you know what? I'd love to, I said this the other week, I'd love to retire right now. So if anyone wants to fund my retirement, I would be happy to do so and take you up on the offer, right? That would be great. That's what I want, so that's what I should do, right? Of course not, right? It would be completely unwise. So, whatever God's calling you to next, is it clearly in line with God's word? Because the Lord's will is never going to contradict scripture. And you sit here and you say, God, pastor, that's so obvious. I know this. Can I tell you how many times, I, I, the list is so long, in my own life, first. Two, in the lives of being other people's lives being a pastor of saying oh the, I felt like God was leading me to this and then they insert a sin right that makes no sense right it, God couldn't have been leading you to that because he's already explicitly told you that's not what he's calling you to do right but it happens over and over again because right we get wrapped up into the philosophy of the world instead of right the ethic and the love and the joy that God's given to us. It uh, makes me think of uh, uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. I love this one. This is good for those of you who have grandkids who are um, teenagers. At least when I was growing up, uh, teenagers used to say this. They used to do this. Hand on the hip, knee out and go, whatever. Okay, raise your hand if you've ever had that said to you. 
with that kind of, and look at that. Oh my, see, this is universal in our culture. Yeah, even now, right? Whenever. Okay, here is the biblical whatever, okay? You guys got to memorize this so when they say that to you, you give this back to them, okay? Let me define for you whatever it is. It's Philippians 4 verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, anything that's worthwhile, think about these things that you learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. In other words, the Lord's will, what he's revealed in his scripture. So when the next time the kid goes, whatever, so you got to memorize this and then teach them that, right? It's actually quite practical. Hey, for us too, right? When we're making the next decision, are we thinking, is that decision or the next phase of life, is it lovely? Is it worthy of praise? Okay. You understand? Is, it, is the movement there or is it, is it moving to self-serving? E. Probably not maybe what God's calling us to. Okay, next thing. Whew. Peace. Peace. So Philippians chapter 4, just actually two verses ahead of the one that I just read to you. You're familiar with this passage, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. In other words, when you're making a decision, you probably shouldn't keep it silent. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, right? So peace overwhelms anxiety of making a decision. And for myself, again, I mentioned the idea of a physical awareness. When I've had to make huge life decisions, career-altering changes, life-family-altering calls, there is a sense of peace that physically happens inside my chest for days on end, and then I know that's what I'm being called to do. never had that peace, made the decision, and it falter. You notice I said days. It had to do with prayer. It had to do with talking to other believers. And it had to do with prayer and fasting and all sorts of things. Right? But God will answer you. Okay? So here's just a quick summary of what I've shared so far. God's awareness and self-awareness. Taking emotions to God, the book of Psalms. Seeking wisdom, Proverbs 1. Seeking the Lord's will, Philippians 4. It never contradicts scripture. You could use 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. That all scripture is breathed out by God, useful for correcting, rebuking, so on and so forth. God always gives peace. And then I would say this, and I just referenced this, that you're talking to other mature believers in the Lord about the decision. I think all those other things are pretty much closed-handed, solid things. This one's a little bit more open-handed because you need to use wisdom. Because guess what? There are times that believers in the Lord just want what's going to make you happy. Right? Don't we live in a hyper-culture that just wants to make our friends and family happy? 
we don't want to disappoint them or they've been disappointed by us enough so we're just going to affirm whatever it is they want to do. So you got to be careful about that. You got to discern if that's what's going on. So maybe you go to someone and you start asking them to pray about what you feel like the Lord is leading you to. But you go to someone who's told you no before. <laughs> someone who's given you fair, valid critique before. Not someone who's always said yes. Which would teach us about being part of the body of Christ that we too should want to lean to be those people that are really seeking the Lord's will for someone, not so much their will because we don't want to disappoint them, right? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So how do we know God's calling us to the next thing? I can't tell you what that specific thing is. You, you know what that may be now in your life. You may, this may be something that comes down the path um, several years from now. May I say this last thing, which I think is maybe one of the most critical ones and most basic ones. How do I know God's calling me to the next thing? I want to put it in light of God's purposes. I want to put it in the light of God's purposes. And so then you ask, what are God's purposes for me? Oh, so glad you asked. Serving and sending for the benefit of, the, of others. Serving and sending for my neighbor. Love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, and mind. And what? Love your neighbors as yourself. This isn't complicated, but that doesn't mean all decisions aren't challenging because they are God's purpose for me in sending is this summarized by Jesus himself John chapter 17 as you father sent me into the world so I have sent them into the world right God has sent us to be the bearers of his image in the world to be the bearers of his mercy of his joys of abundant blessings so is this next thing going to benefit others in sending? And the second one is this, serving. We're going to partake in, in this incredible meal that God still comes to visit us with his forgiveness, right? By his body and blood, God tangibly, his kingdom opens. And there... God comes into our world yet again in a tangible means to offer us forgiveness. And right before they partook of that last supper, what did Jesus do? He got down on his knee and he took the, the garb around him and he got a bowl and he started to what? Wash his disciples' feet. Right, God... I think it's the perfect image of God. How do I know you're calling me to the next thing? Is it to serve me? Or is it to serve someone else? This is the pattern of God, right? Love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, and mind. And what? Love your neighbor as yourself. We heard it in 1 John. You are the beloved, right? As God's people, we're the beloved. We are now the children of God, it says. Right now, we're the children of God means we are now the heirs who receive all the inheritance of heaven. Those gifts are ours now. They'll be made fully manifest in the second coming. But they are ours now. For what purpose? One, so we know we're the beloved. And then two, for what? To serve 
and be sent, right? The beloved and the sent, or the book we're reading, right? Loved and sent. This is the purposes of God. So my decisions, right, whatever is next, is it for and in alignment with God's thinking? So how do I know God's calling me to something, what the next thing he's calling me to? Take the emotion out of it for a little bit. Seek God's word. Seek God's will. Right? It'll be accompanied by peace. It'll never contradict scripture. And it's going to serve and send others more than me. Because that's the pattern of discipleship. Is that it's about him and for his glory. Let's pray. Father God, we praise you and thank you as we wrap up this series, Ask Me Anything. It might be stirring more questions. And so, Father, we just ask that you um, may allow your church to be that place that we seek discernment of what you're calling us into next. Father, that we be a body and a family where we can come together and, and wrestle through those really challenging life decisions. That we don't have to do it in isolation. We don't have to do it uh, alone. But that we have brothers and sisters in Christ who are rooted in Scripture, rooted in your will, O oh God. And we ask for wisdom. As James says, if you, if you need wisdom, then ask for it, O oh God. And so I ask on behalf of each and every person here, Lord, that you, the God of heaven, the creator and redeemer of the world, Lord, that you would grant us wisdom in the things that we need to make decisions about. So it would be for your glory and our neighbor's good. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, amen. Let's rise. Let's sing.